How are y'all doing today? Man, it's good to see everybody here. I'm with you. I wish every Sunday could be Daylight Savings Time Sunday. Get that extra hour. Gets us extra people. It's a good thing. And, uh, but it's, a, it's been a great week. We had a, a fantastic fall festival. Pumpkin Patch wrapped up with big success. And uh, a lot of great things happening. So it is, uh, we also, we got our estimated giving cards back. Everything's going well there. And uh, if you haven't filled one out, we'd love for you to. Uh, we'll have some available for you. You can pick one up in the church office as well. Today we are continuing on in a sermon series called Practice Makes Perfect, uh, where we are looking at different parts of our faith that we need to practice. Uh, there are things that you and I both know uh, that Jesus teaches, and yet we're not following through on it, or maybe it is something that we've struggled with. We're kind of hit or miss on our practice of our faith, you know, the actual doing of it. We're knowledgeable, we understand it, we're clear on those things, and yet there's a gap between what we know and what we're doing. Uh, or it could be that um, maybe we're still learning the Bible, maybe we're still learning Jesus' teachings. And uh, when Jesus says farewell to his disciples and the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, you know, go ye therefore to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. You know, that's, those are his words. And so part of what it means for us to be a church, part of what it means for us to be a Christian is that we're about the work and that we're doing everything we can to not only teach Jesus' way of living his life, our lives, but also to be obedient to those teachings. I mean, think about that. You know, everything that Jesus taught about how to relate to other people, to forgive, to help, to pray, uh, to offer reconciliation, uh, that we are meant to obey those commandments and that we're meant to follow them. And that uh, part of what we do as a church is we do our best to help others do the same thing. That when we talk about being a Christian people, we are saying that we desire for them to live their lives as Christ would live them. That if Christ were to take over your life and control it, you know, how would that look? What would that mean for you and your, your life, your everyday life? Not just on Sundays or not just when you're feeling good, but, you know, every part of your life to be obedient to what Christ calls us to do. Obedience, however, is oftentimes uh, not really welcomed. Uh, the thought of us being more obedient, I don't know if it's because... Many of us have experiences where we look back on our lives and many times people who had authority over us mis misused it and so we're reluctant to be obedient. I don't know if it's because we're just not really an obedient when it comes to being a country. I mean, we're founded on the idea that we didn't want a king. We wanted a, a democracy. And if we don't like who's over there, uh, who's over us, it just takes 51% of us to get rid of them, right? Um, and that, or it just could be a matter of a reluctance, you know. We understand that what Christ wants for our life would probably be better than what we're doing now, and yet there's a reluctance within us because there's still a part of us that's afraid. What would that mean for us? What would we have to give up? And yet, time and time again, that's, that's the calling that Christ puts on our life. He says, come follow me. Come be my disciple. Come learn from me. Come be my apprentice. My yoke is easy. 
and yet we still struggle with that. But thankfully, we're not the first people to struggle with it. In fact, when we read our scriptures, um, when we've been looking through this letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians, he directly addresses a disobedience that's going on within the church. And uh, we'll read the scripture in just a moment, but to give you a backdrop, uh, Paul helped start this church in Corinth. He built them up, he got them organized, got them on the right track, taught them the faith, and then he goes off on another trip to another city, and yet they're corresponding through letters, and what's what we have in the letters to Corinth. And in this particular case, we find that Paul is writing to them, and he's saying, you know, you, you complain a lot about me, you say lots of things, and yet uh, you need to learn from me, you need to learn how to be obedient. And so let's look at the passage. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, we will look at verses 1 through 5. It says, I, Paul, make a personal request to you with the gentleness and the kindness of Christ. I'm shy when I'm with you, but I'm bossy when I'm away from you. I beg that when I'm with you in person, I won't have to boss you around. I'm afraid that I have to use that kind of behavior with those people who think we live by human standards. Although we live in the world, we don't fight our battles with human methods. Our weapons that we fight with aren't human, but instead they are powered by God for the destruction of fortresses or strongholds. They destroy arguments and every defense that is raised up to oppose the knowledge of God. They capture every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Once your obedience is complete, we are ready to punish any disobedience. And so that's the scripture that we're looking at. And it's a, really, it's a really beautiful and powerful passage because Paul speaks to that church and he says, you know, the, the struggles that you're going through, uh, in this particular case, it was a matter of obedience to Paul's teachings. He's saying, you know, it, it's, it's nothing new. In fact, if you were to talk with Paul, I think he would agree. He would say, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of struggle that each of us faces in our discipleship and our following of Christ. He says, uh, all along the way, no matter how we want to name it, you know, no matter what particular issue that we want to claim in our lives, he says it, it all has a similar root problem. He says it, you know, it's the basic question of our lives, and that is, are we willing to trust and love God with all that we are? Are we willing to love Him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength? Are we willing to, to follow that first commandment of, you shall have no other gods before me? You know, so much of our lives would be made simpler if we would just make that first commandment the way we live our lives. Have no other God before our God who is in heaven. But instead, we don't do that. We really struggle with that. We have a disobedience to that because we live in a world that is so full of many things that draw our attention, draw our hearts, tie us up, enslave us, and put us in bondage to all kinds of problems. You know, no matter how much we would like to tell ourselves we have the ability to free ourselves from those problems, that we have the ability to overcome them, the reality is that we are human and we are just as prone to making those kinds of disobedient mistakes as anybody else. No matter where we are in faith, we could still will find ourselves tempted in every way, uh, struggling in every way with being obedient to God, you know. God tells us very clearly that we're supposed to live our lives with a kind of moderation, uh, that there should be limits, there should be boundaries in our lives. And yet, you and I have probably all been in a place where we think to ourselves, I'll just take one more bite. 
just one more. And then we look back and the whole piece of cake or the, or the whole cake is gone, right? Uh, or we find ourselves thinking to ourselves, I better not look. Okay, I looked. I better must make the most of this look, right? Uh, not me, other people. Uh, or it could be a matter of, you know, I'll just, I'll just take this amount. Nobody would care. Nobody would notice. Nobody would, would mind. Uh, or it might be, I'll just... I'll just tell this one thing about this person that, you know, they kind of said it was a secret between us, but, but maybe nobody would really care. Nobody would know, you know. And we find ourselves over and over again in those places of disobedience. And when Paul writes to those people in Corinth, he says, look, I'm not going to try and fix those issues or those problems in the human way. And he talks about it and he says, we don't, we don't fight with weapons of humanity. You know, we don't, we don't pick up the weapons of war. We don't deal with things and problems the way that other people do. He says, when it comes to being a Christian, we have a whole other set of tools, a whole other realm of, of weaponry at our disposal. And he talks about this spiritual reality that uh, is so much more powerful than what you and I can feel and what we can touch. And when he writes about it, he says, Although we live in the world, we don't fight our battles with human methods. Our weapons that we fight with aren't human, but instead they are powered by God for the destruction of fortresses. Although we live in the world, you know, this is how we are, we're in this flesh, we're in this world, we don't fight our battles with human methods. Our methods are that we fight with aren't, aren't human, but instead they are powered by God for the destruction of fortresses. And just a, a few notes there, and he talks about power, power, you know, the powerful way in which God is able to work in our lives. It's the same root word that we get the word dynamite out of. You know, it's that explosive and that powerful. It's not passive. It's not something that uh, is just going to be mild, but rather he's saying that the, the power of God is great. It's dynamic. And then the other piece that's there, he says, fortresses, uh, strongholds. Um, and it's, it's a really unique word. It's Prisoner of my own deception. A prisoner of my own deception. And if you've ever met somebody who has struggled with, with addiction or they have a particular problem going on in their life, many times it's a, something that they've created on their own. You know, they've, they've made something God that isn't God. They've created it and made it a monster that is far more worse than anything they've ever dealt with before. And that's what Paul is saying, that God has the power to remove those deceptions, those lies, those things that keep us from God. I mean, that's his, that's his claim, that's his belief. Mine as well. So, I love that verse for a number of reasons, but when I really dig at it, what I like most is the fact that when we talk about our obedience and following God, it means that we're not just trying to do it on our own. That our obedience to Christ, our following of Christ, is, is not something that we just have to bring up from within ourselves, but rather it's something that is accomplished and is fully experienced when God helps us, when God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness and, and God's love is poured into our hearts. It's at those points that we're able to find a life that is filled with obedience to God, not by our own strength, but rather but by what God is doing, by His power to free us from our deceptions, our lies, and 
our disobedience. A number of years ago, I was uh, at church and I was about ready to head into a worship service and somebody pulled me aside and said that there was somebody in the church that needed to speak with me. And um, I, you know, I was kind of reluctant. It was like, got to go do my thing and worship. And they were very insistent. And so I went and met with them in kind of a side room. And it was a younger guy, probably in his early 20s. And um, in talking with him, he was very tearful. He was very sorrowful. He was just overwhelmed by emotion. And I began to talk with him about what was going on. And he said, you know, I'm struggling with addiction. I've got a lot of anger and hatred toward my father. Um, I've gotten to a place in my life where I have messed up so many of my relationships. I've got friends that won't talk to me anymore. I've got family that has disowned me. And he said, and I really just don't know what else to do. Which is a a difficult thing for me to hear because I was like, well, in about five minutes, I've got to go preach. So if you could just, you know, right. And, um, but God said, take your time. And so I talked with him. And we began to talk about his life. And he said, you know, his, his father was a pastor, and yet he was at a place in his life where he didn't believe in God. Because he told me, he said, if, you know, if God existed, then I would never have gotten to this place. I would never have done the things that I have done. I would have never wrecked my life the way that I would have, because if God was real, then, then God would not have allowed that. And then he looked at me and he said, do you believe in God? I said, absolutely. He said, have you ever heard God speak to you? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said, well, I, I don't believe in God. And I said, well, that, that's okay. You, you have faith. You believe deeply in something. And I said, but I, I do believe in God. And I have faith. And the only difference between you and I is that I'm willing to put my life and bet my life on the fact that God exists. And I said, and and what I think your struggle is, is that you're trying to make yourself into God. You're trying to be in control of everything. You're trying to control every situation, every moment of your life. And you've tried to do that with whatever it is that you've been taking. You've tried to do that by controlling your relationships. But at the end of the day, you're, you're not God. And you need to hand everything you have in your hands right now over to him. And we prayed. And I helped him find some other Christians and some other people. And his life began to slowly turn in a completely different direction. Because he said, I need to put God first and learn to obey him in all that I do. And it's amazing to watch and to see and, but it's something that not only does our scripture promise, but time and time again, I've seen it at work in people's lives. They've gone through all the human methods. They've tried all the human things. They've done everything that they were right to. They've followed all the self-help books. And yet, it's not until they reach a point where they say, I, I can't do this on my own. I need God. I need Christ to lead and guide me. That things really begin to turn around in their lives. Well, so what? We are a people that celebrate the fact that people like him can get out of addiction, but, but for most of us, it may just be something smaller. It may just be a matter of something that is between us and God, something that 
we've been unwilling to give over to God or to be obedient about. And today I just invite you to give some thought to that and to recognize and to, to ask the God to, to work within your heart and your life, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you have held back, and to turn that over to God and just say, I, I haven't been able to fix this. I haven't been able to do this. I, I need your help. And maybe it is that you need to tell somebody today and say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need you to help me with. And especially if you tell another Christian, they're going to say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'll help you find a group. You know, that's, that's what we do. Or it could be uh, another matter in your own life. You know, maybe it's somebody in your life that is struggling or hurting and you've, you have preached to them, you've lectured to them, you've done everything you possibly can think of and, and today is the day that you just need to simply pray for them to lift them up to God and say, I I've done everything I can. I need your help. I need you to work within their hearts and their lives. And Paul says those powerful words. He says that God has the power to destroy every stronghold, every fortress, all of it. And our Bible is chock full of story after story of God doing things that man never thought possible from Moses standing before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go, to Joshua standing before the promised land and saying, all this is going to be ours, to Joshua outside the walls saying, we're going to march around this place a couple times, shout, and these walls are going to fall, to Nehemiah looking at broken and destroyed walls of Jerusalem and saying, we're going to rebuild all of this, to David. I don't know about you, but that was one of the first stories I learned in Sunday school. David standing in front of the giant, the Philistine that nobody could defeat, nobody thought could be destroyed, and walking out there with no armor, just a sling, a few rocks, and a whole lot of faith, and dropping that giant. And I think about those stories, and I say, God has been telling us this from day one, not by what we can do, but what he alone can do, do we find our salvation? Do we find our freedom? Do we find a faith that changes the world around us? Even those problems like poverty and war, violence and hatred, those ones that you and I have all said, well, they're always going to be around. God is saying, no, I can take care of even those because that's who I am. I am the one that can destroy the strongholds, overtake the fortresses, and free everybody. And today, you've heard the words, and what I invite you to do now is to experience the grace of God. We're going to do that today by celebrating Holy Communion. It's a powerful meal, a meal in which no matter where you are in your faith walk, no matter where you are in your faith journey, you are invited to come and receive the bread and the cup, a meal prepared for you, given for you, as a gracious reminder of God's great love for you. And what God sets free will be free indeed. Come and receive that freedom this day. Come and receive his mercy. Come and receive his joy, for he alone can offer that. 
The other thing that's special about today is that it's All Saints Sunday, the day in which we remember and who we name those people who have gone on to glory, those saints of our faith, those ones who showed us and taught us and said, you need to believe in what God can do, not just in what you can do.